Grab your hard seltzer, a glass of wine, or a shot of tequila. It's time for Girl Talk. Let's get real. Okay. Um, uh, what are we calling it? Narcissism versus... Um, general assholery. <laughs> <laughs> That's, is, that a, is, that a, is that a technical term? I, I might have made that up. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 19. 19. Oh, we're one away. I know. (laughs) Next one's the fun Um, one. I know. It's it has been a while um, just because we wanted to get through the holidays. And while, yes, we love doing this and we love doing this for everyone and, and ourselves. And we we definitely want to, you know, build up our community at the end of the day, our families will always come first. Um, we love all of y'all out there and we hope that you're putting your families first. But we, during the holidays, we kind of, you know, took a break to kind of focus on our families and our own situations and make sure that we were, you know, feeding our own soul as well. So now that the new year has passed, we're ready to jump back into it with episode 19. Most definitely. All right. So let's start with what you're drinking. Well, I am drinking exactly what I'm always drinking. I, well, almost always. I am drinking Austin East Ciders, and they have a, um, I believe it's out for the holiday, but I know it's seasonal. It's called Spiced Peach, and it is amazingly <laughs> delicious. Which is funny, because that's exactly what I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> what are the chances? <laughs> I know. And we didn't even talk so. about it beforehand. No, we did it. We literally did not plan it at all. I was going to say, because I didn't have any, um, they don't sell it down here in little old Rockport, Texas. But uh, <laughs> I, I went up to Austin this past weekend and I went to Austin Eastsiders for lunch and they sold six packs there. So I grabbed a six pack and I was excited to, uh, to have it because it's limited release. And lo and behold, we get on camera and we're both drinking it. I know that's awesome. And I have it because... Um, Austin Eastsiders sent us a care package with all kinds of different flavors and stuff. And we just, I just happened to grab the peach because it's one of the spice peach because it's one of my favorites. It's so good. And so I just happened to grab it. And lo and behold, we're both drinking the exact same thing, which doesn't always happen. No, no, not at all. Even when we're together, it doesn't always happen. All right. So uh, we want to give a shout out to Austin Eastsiders and thank you for having such flavorful, like, genuinely delicious hard ciders. Yes. And thank you so much for the care package. I think we did shout them out last episode also, but yes, just to reiterate, we absolutely yes. loved getting that pair, pair package, <laughs> care package, you know, <laughs> however you want to yeah. say it. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's said differently packages. depending on where you're at in the United States. Word yeah. on the street. <laughs> or depending on how many Austin East Cider hard ciders you've had. Okay. <laughs> valid point. Valid point. <laughs> the name may change throughout the night. Oh, Definitely well, there just can't speak English very well. <laughs> I can blame it on Austin East Siders, though. Why not? <laughs> it's the easy out. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Episode 19, we are actually going to, um, this is a good one. This is one that's kind of close to mine and Cheryl's hearts. We are going to be discussing um, living with narcissism, living and or surviving narcissism Mm -hmm. versus living with just a regular old asshole. And the reason why we're bringing this up is because there's there's quite the trend lately 
Um, everything is narcissist driven on social media. Um, everybody and their grandmother and their dog is living with a narcissist. And the more Cheryl and I have looked into this, the more we're starting to see that there's a, a complete difference. There, there's a complete difference between living with an asshole and living with a narcissist. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're starting to see that those might that boundary might be becoming watered down because of the misuse and mislabeling of uh, of it. Absolutely. And I think that's actually harmful to those of us who have lived with and survived narcissism because that is a true, true lasting trauma. It absolutely is. It's it's a lasting trauma. It's a mental disorder. And there are so many components of it that are just very much different than just being with an asshole. And I don't think that a lot of people necessarily understand that difference because narcissist has become a buzzword. It's just, you know, someone's a jerk and, and they're automatically a narcissist. But there's a lot of differences to someone who is actually narcissistic versus someone who is just shitty. And there's plenty of people that are just shitty and yeah, guys and girls. I mean, of course, as we, as we continue to discuss this, we'll probably have more examples about guys just because that's who we were married to, but it goes both ways. You know, there are just shitty people of any gender. And then there are the true narcissists that, um, scar you in a very different way than just surviving an asshole. And I'm not saying it's, it's easier necessarily. I'm sure it's traumatic to, to be married to someone shitty either way, but it's a whole different set of healing that you need to go through when you're surviving a case of domestic violence with a narcissist. Living with a narcissist actually changes whether you mean to or not, it changes yourself. And so absolutely. Yeah. So when you come out of it, you're not only dealing with the healing and the trauma of the, the, or the healing and the scars that they've caused you from their trauma. You have so many new things that are ingrained in you and so many behaviors ingrained in you that you're now having to reinvent yourself and kind of change your habits and your triggers and your, you know, those, those little things that over time that they manipulated and instilled in you and you didn't even want that, you know, it it was very unhealthy. And so um, there's so much more depth and negative depth, I I would say to living with a narcissist versus just living with a shitty person. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been in relationships with assholes where it was just like, he was just, he was just a fucking asshole. I right. Mean, that's, that's all. And yeah, it hurt. And he, you know, did me wrong. And, you know, there was some, some pain there and some scars, but it was a completely different feeling than whenever I lived or was in a relationship with a narcissist because I, it, there is no control. There is no control whatsoever. And in fact, we've discussed this, like you're the conversations you, you go into that conversation thinking, okay, I'll just tell him A, B, C, and D. And then we can discuss A, B, C, and D. But right. with the narcissist, there's no discussion. No, no, because they're never wrong. They, right. they have no ability to filter in information as if they could be part of the problem. 
the information comes into their mind and I don't know what the fuck happens up there, but it gets twisted into, okay, how is the person addressing this messing me up and causing me to act like this? Right. (laughs) You know, like you, you cannot get them to admit, okay, that's not right. You can get them to admit, but it's all bullshit because right. Because they're usually very intelligent, at least the narcissists that I am familiar with that I've spoken to people about, the one I was married to, highly intelligent. So they understand that, oh, okay, I probably should apologize (laughs) right now, but they don't actually mean it. And I think nine times out of 10, they just end up twisting the words around anyway and and making it your fault, you know? That intelligence that they have plays a a very um, important role and unfortunate role because that intelligent makes the communication and, and your fight for your position, your fight for any, any grain of, of just give me something right? that much harder because right. they are, they're wordsmiths. They're they're They process different. They're very quick to manipulate. So um, manipulative. They can make, you can be a hundred percent sure you're right. And you can approach it and go in and halfway through, you're like, am I crazy? Because now I'm actually second guessing myself. Well, there, there's I was people 100% who are sure going in. Yeah. There's people who have written books on, on verbal abuse from narcissists at, that coined the term crazy making because yeah. it absolutely is crazy making. Like you, you are in your convictions, you're positive that you, and and you know, with a narcissist, you have to think over how you're going to approach something. Like, how can I bring this up without turning it into some big explosive argument? Right. At least that's our intention. Because it's also can be scary at the same time. (laughs) So scary. So scary. Yeah. And so you, (laughs) you try to think of a gentle way to bring it up and, and then in some insidious manner, they flip it on you and they, they do, they make you question why you were upset in the first place and, and like, holy shit, I, I, I did cause that. Oh my gosh. It was my behavior that caused this. Oh, I see where I'm wrong now. And, and over time that crazy making just gets into your head to the point that at least for me, I definitely thought I was the one that was causing all of those problems. Oh yeah. I having dealt with the narcissist there, there were many times where I walked away thinking, wow, I, I was so sure of myself, but yeah, it, it was me. And then now looking back, I'm like, wow, that, that flip happened so quickly and so easily that I I didn't even, I didn't even question it. Like I didn't even fight back. I just accepted the fact that, oh, oh no. Oh, I'm wrong. Oh, okay. Like, I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have. You're right. I shouldn't have even brought this to you. And then we end up apologizing for it. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Apologizing and feeling bad that we mm-hmm. caused that argument yeah. because, you know, why can't you just leave well enough alone? And, and why are you, why do you always make something big out of nothing? And right. well, because it was something big, but, but, but then they convinced you that it question. wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that you even bringing it up is the big thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, it's gaslighting 101. I oh, mean, they, sure. and they're, they're champions at it. Absolute champions at it where, I mean, 
for instance, you saw me revert back. Um, or well, I, I think I called you after, but um, I had a conversation out in the front yard mm-hmm. with my ex, and it ended up being a like a two hour conversation with me standing in the cold and him sitting in a warm car. And by the end of that conversation, I was apologizing. I was reverting back to my old self and I've been divorced seven years, Wow! but I was apologizing and reverting back to that old behaviors where I was like, you know, I'm sorry and I'll fix it. And, and then I walked back in a completely different person than when I walked, than the person I was when I walked out to have that conversation. Those behaviors get so ingrained in you that they become who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I can see where it would be so easy to get sucked back in back into that. I and and that's probably 99% of the reason that I'm no contact with my ex because I I'm sure I would very easily revert back to those behaviors. Oh, for sure. Like I I allowed myself to stand in freezing weather being absolutely berated um laughed at at wow. one point because I didn't have the information that Number one, I did have, but it wasn't good enough. And, and yeah, I, I walked back in freezing cold thinking, what, what the fuck just happened? Like but, I was mind blown that seven years later, I could still revert back to that, that dynamic, situation, that, yeah. that person. Yeah. That dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was unbelievable to me and having been in a relationship with just just a really shitty person, like you said, an asshole. There, those are two different types of feelings. Like it, being in that relationship didn't change me. Right. It hurt me. Right. And their actions hurt me, but it didn't change me. That the core me. Exactly. Being in a relationship with a narcissist changed the core me. Oh yeah, because you're you're forced into a corner, and. And it's like the slowest backup into that corner ever to the point where you don't even realize you're being forced into a corner until you've been in that corner for years and mm-hmm. you're a completely changed person because every time you're having to defend yourself, every time you're being blamed and manipulated, every time you're laughed at, every time you're called names and those things just chip away at you little by little. And then all of a sudden, luckily, you know, for you and I, we realized we were in the corner and we're able to get ourselves out of it. But it's definitely very easy to feel like you're back in that corner again. Whereas I I think, because I also dated someone who was just generally a shitty person, I never felt backed into a corner. He was an asshole and ended up, you know, just, just not being a nice person. But I never felt like I didn't have a voice and right. He never laughed at me. He never manipulated me in the same way as my ex-husband did. Totally different situation. And, and I think it's very, I, I'm going to say dangerous. I'm going to say unhealthy. I'm going to say harmful that this new trend of having narcissism or narcissist as a buzzword and everyone out there on social media that has anything to you know do with relationships, mm-hmm. this trend to use narcissists so easily, it's kind of like the boy who cried wolf. It waters it down to where 
it's starting to not feel as dangerous to people. Right. But being married to a narcissist can be very dangerous. There, there are different levels with the narcissism as well, but it can be very, it can be very dangerous, whether it's mentally, emotionally, there are all kinds of really harmful negative traits within narcissism that if you just throw it out there willy nilly, people are going to start saying, oh, you were, yeah, I was in a relationship with a narcissist too. No, you weren't. And, he got and mad that at you some, once. Yeah, <laughs> he got mad at you same. or he, he cheated on you or he right, told right. you lies or, yeah. you know, there's, there's a difference between just being a shitty, terrible person and right. someone that, that gets in your headspace and lives there rent free. Yes. And purposefully manipulates you knowingly so, so that they always have the upper hand. Right. People who are are just general jerks might be selfish and they might say shitty things and do shitty things, but I don't think they spend that much time thinking how to manipulate and how to tear someone down so incredibly much that you have that sort of emotional and and frequently physical control over them. And narcissists are just missing that. They're missing that component in their in their brain or it's broken or whatever. I don't know, obviously that the actual science, but there, that switch is turned off for them to be able to have some sort of feeling attached to their actions and their comments. They, they don't have it. it, And we've discussed this before. Like we were both married to narcissists, but two different, completely different levels of narcissism. Mm -hmm. My ex was not verbally abusive. My ex was not like we had some really good years, like really good years, but he's just that level of narcissism where he's so smart and so intelligent that he can't be wrong. Mm -hmm. He just cannot be wrong. And that was infuriating and mentally challenging to me because I I wasn't always wrong. Like in, in 18 years of marriage, I wasn't always wrong, but I was right. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? But ultimately you were. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But ultimately I was, and it, it just, it was so draining after a while to not be able to say, have your partner go, you know what? You're right. Like, I'm sorry, you're, you're actually right. Like you actually have a good point. And yes, I'm sorry about that. Like, do you know how freeing that would have been? But instead that never came. It was always me going, okay, I, you're, you're right. I'm sorry. Like I get your side of it, you know, blah, blah, blah. But in your position, yours was a whole different level of narcissism. Yeah. And, and I don't know if like, I would be interested to learn if it's a classification thing, if it's narcissism plus the verbal and emotional abuse, if those mm-hmm. are coexisting. Um, I, I would think that anyone who can be verbally and emotionally abusive like that has to be a narcissist because how can you tell someone you love them and then the next day tear them to shreds? Yeah, I I would think they have to coexist. So I don't know, like you said, I don't know if they're different levels. And I just, you know, happen to get 
one with all the all the fun mixed into one or I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And I don't really think that there's been enough studies done about narcissism to completely understand that yet. So but but yeah, there's definitely different levels. There's there's people who just can't wrap their head around the fact that they could possibly be wrong. And then there's the emotional and physical abuse, you know, the domestic violence side of it that, right. That becomes that much easier when you have no emotional ties, no true emotional ties. Whereas, you know, just dating or being married to a jerk, they can say some jerky things, but uh, we all know people who are, uh, are coexisting like that. Like they get in fights uh-huh. and they just tear each other down and they say shitty things to each other and they yell and scream and they're just jerks to each other. And, uh, but there's a power exchange there. Like they they both get yeah. their word. And at the end of the day, and then when the fight's over, generally both parties are, you know, apologetic and they realize what was wrong. And, and there's not that same exchange with a narcissist. You are wrong. No. You don't get a word in edgewise. You don't get to have an opinion. And if you do, then it's your fault for somehow. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. If if the apology does come, it, it's almost like an apology of you. I'm sorry the way I came off, but you know, you just like you came at me, and you could have come at come at me differently. And you're like, well. I, I literally planned it to where I would come at you in a way that wouldn't set right. you off. But now I'm being told that I came at you wrong. So how, and you, how the fuck am I supposed to come at you? You know, it, you just, you can't period. You can't win. You no. can't, there is no win. No. And now I was, I had started saying something earlier and I kind of got lost in my, in my thought process, but I also see a tendency in narcissism, uh, narcissistic, Uh, people. I've seen a tendency. There's almost like a God complex slash borderline sociopath. I I would say even more than borderline for sure. Yeah, definitely. Because when I study and, and look at the traits that a sociopath has, the lack of emotion, the lack of, you know, feeling the lack of empathy, empathy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, all plays a huge role in narcissists, like a huge role in my experience. Yeah. So it's, you said, you know, I would like to know the science behind it. And so would I, because I wonder if they, those go hand in hand, because there is a whole side of them that tends to be almost like a sociopath. Oh, I, I would say that they have to be incredibly closely related. Because I, I, many people I've spoken to that have had a relationship with narcissists tell me that um, the telltale signs of a sociopath, that they're also abusive to animals, that they have no regard for feelings or emotions in any living being, whether it be their family or um, the road rage. I know I've spoken about that on a past episode, the road rage Mm -hmm. that came out of my ex-husband, just no regard for the person in the car next to us, that they're another living, breathing human being and probably didn't mean to cut you off and you don't need to tell them and flip them off and try to run them off the road. And just, it's just no regard for emotion of anyone else. 
have you ever had that situation? Well, I know you have. <laughs> I, I know you have had this situation, but I think one of the worst feelings in the world, and don't get me wrong, I've been through physical abuse. I've been through emotional abuse. I've been through verbal abuse. Um, and I'm, I'm not talking about just, oh, I've been through that. I've legit been through that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've legit had it happen to me. One of the worst things in the world, I, to be honest, is if my heart is absolutely breaking into a million pieces and I am, I'm pouring my heart out to you and I'm not yelling and screaming, I'm legit telling you that I am breaking into a million pieces and there to be absolutely nothing on the other side from the person that you're in love with. Isn't that insanity? Absolutely nothing. And even worse than that is for them to come back and say something hateful in that moment. It's like, how can you say you love me if I'm breaking into a million pieces and pouring my heart out to you and you A, show me nothing and or B, you attack me in that moment. You, yeah. you, and, and they say it almost in a calm way. They almost say, you, you know, their, their verbal attack comes down below what yours is. Mm-hmm. And it's almost, and it's almost like a, um, an overly confident dig at you. And it's oh, yeah. just like, holy shit. Like that, to me, that is premeditated. Oh, it, like that is absolutely, absolutely 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And definitely. If but, you can do that in that moment, then yeah, you're, you're a true fucking narcissist. Oh, for sure. For sure. And it, it, to be able to look into the eyes of someone that you are supposed to be in love with, that you probably an hour earlier said, I love you too. And, and be that vicious is that blew my mind. I think for the entire 22 years, that's something that even though I, I did get numb to it because uh, you have no choice, you know? Well, I mean, if you're staying, which which I was, you know, too weak to leave. So I, I got used to a lot of it, but that blew my mind every single time that I would be in tears, pouring my heart out something that I probably had thought about for days about how to approach because I was going to try my damnedest this time to not be wrong and to not cause an argument and to just have something so malicious and hateful. And like you said, no, with no emotion behind it, you're already gutted. And they're like, "Mm, you're not gutted enough. Right. Right. Like, how dare you think you you can bring something up? Let me remind you why you don't get a say in this ever. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's that, it's that complete opposite spectrum of emotion. You're, you're like the, the tip of the, you know, emotional train wreck Mm -hmm. and they come in calm, cool and collected and just deliver that final, like little slice. And it's like, that is probably one of the most traumatic, gutting, hard to get over moments that oh, yeah. those moments I, I've ever experienced. Yeah. Oh it's yeah. Like how, I, I, I don't even, I don't even know how you as a human being can do that to me right now. Right. Because if I have an enemy and that enemy, and I'm ready to just like 
full on attack that enemy and that I don't like that person. And that person says, starts telling me, you know, you don't know what I've been through and I've been having a bad time. And I start changing like, yeah, I'm still mad. And yeah, that, that anger is still there, but I'm starting to get why they, they behave that way. And I'm starting mm-hmm. to, okay, well, that's fine. But that doesn't mean that you, you know, and I start talking to them differently because I can't help but be empathetic at that point. But a narcissist, no way. I'm, I'm literally the number one person that they love. And they're like, I'm going to kick you while you're down. And oh, I'm yeah. going to do it with a calm fucking manner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my ex-husband loved because he knew that it would send me over the edge. He loved to mock me when I cried. Oh, so yeah. So we'd be in the middle of I'd be pouring my heart out and the whole world knows I'm emotional. So I would be crying about it. And I'm looking into his eyes and I'm thinking, this is the time. This is the time that he's going to actually hear me for me. And he's going to want to work on this with me. And his response would be him mocking my tears. Like you fucking uh, asshole. Yeah. yeah and, and like, how, how can you say you love someone and do that? You know, you can't, right. I'm sorry, but you can't. I had a, an experience with a guy I dated that was an asshole, but not a narcissist. And I had to confront him about something and it was hard. I thought about it for days. Like, how am I going to bring this up? And I brought it up and I started crying and he started crying because he hated that. He hurt my feelings like that. Was he an asshole? Yeah. Did he cheat on me? Yeah. Did we break up after that? Also? Yeah. (laughs) But, (laughs) but, but he had some iota of empathy in that moment. And a narcissist does not have that. No. Completely no. different people. It, it's very um, conversations with the narcissist. The more emotional you get, the more sterile they get. Especially and if you're trying to bring something up that they could possibly be at fault for. Because there's oh, yeah, no fucking absolutely. way they're going to let you bring that up. That's no. not possible in their head. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. That that inner feeling of, okay, hope that, okay, this this time this yeah. time they're going to truly see that they're going to, that all I want is just for them to sit across from me. I'm not saying I'm wrong. I'm not saying that they're wrong. I just want them to sit across from me and us to have a conversation. Let's just talk this out. Them acknowledge my feelings, me acknowledge their feelings, but it's a two-way conversation and we get to a compromise and or solution. Correct. But that is never going to happen with a narcissist. Oh, my gosh. I don't think in 22 years I ever initiated a conversation that ended up in a solution. I don't think I can tell you a single one. And and I even I, I remember very clearly even approaching conversations in that manner. Like, look, this is what's going on. What can we do? You know, team us. We're in this together, yeah. right? What can we do to rectify this? And there was never, if there was, I cannot recall it at this moment. But in 22 years, I would say the majority of the conversations never ended up in a solution. It just ended up in a screaming match. It ended up in me being wrong. It ended up in 
me feeling stupid for even bringing up it in the first place and usually me in tears and it just being worse. I think that's one of my biggest, and I hate to use this word because it's so overused and misused now, but one of my true triggers is I don't like it when I am put in a situation where I feel stupid. I hate that. Mm -hmm. That will, that will set me off in many different emotions and directions because I spent 22 years with someone who is highly intelligent. He is so fucking intelligent. And he had a way, very easy way of making me feel stupid. I, I would start out with knowing that I knew what I was talking about, mm-hmm. but the way he directed the conversation would get me lost in my explanation. It, and I remember thinking in my head, I was... I was very sure. No, I have, I had it all laid out. Like I, I have all the facts, but then I would get lost and then I would get tongue tied and start getting off track. And the next thing I know, I would feel stupid. And he'd, he'd be like, so, so what is it? So what, and I, I, at that point I wouldn't even know. And I would just feel like a complete and utter idiot, like complete idiot. And I remember I constantly said, over 18 years, I, I, one of my biggest things is I'm not stupid. Is that stop making me feel stupid? Cause I'm not stupid. Just give me a moment. And you know, you, you're, you've got me all discombobulated now with you coming at me mm-hmm. and like, let me regroup. But I hate, hate it when somebody manipulates me to make me feel stupid. Well, uh, and they're experts at it. They will do absolutely anything to, to confuse the conversation and to confuse the point you're trying to get across so that you forget what direction you were even going in. And uh, my ex-husband did that all the time. And then he would like snicker at me. Like, (laughs) you don't even know what you're trying to say. Like the fuck. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I am not stupid. You just keep manipulating the conversation and changing my words around and getting me off track on purpose. It's totally a narcissist. Like it must be in the playbook. It's absolutely soul crushing because you start to believe I went into this next relationship where I actually became very defensive about my intelligence. I'm, I'm not one of the most intelligent people, but I am an intelligent woman, but I am so protective and so defensive Mm -hmm. when it comes to feeling stupid that I brought it over into this relationship where he would say something and I'd be like, I'm not stupid. And right. he's like, oh, whoa, <laughs> never said never that. Said you were. Right. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I was just making sure, you know, so yeah. I would like attack before he could, because I'm so, I was so ready for it. I was so ready for him to make me feel like a, a complete idiot. Yeah. Well, yeah, because that's exactly what they do. They keep you off balance all the time mentally so that you can't have control over what you're thinking or what you're doing because the control is theirs. And you know, you can have a doctorate, you can be a high school dropout, whatever it is, whatever level of education you are, they will find a way to manipulate you and make you feel stupid. They just, that's yeah. what they do. I think you hit the nail on the head where they keep you off balance. Mm-hmm. Like they keep you just off balance enough to where you never really have a secure hold in anything. Yeah. Yep. 
on the flip side of that, living with just a jerk or an asshole, you, you don't get that constant, well, well, well planned out manipulation. Exactly. Exactly. Like they might be a little shitty. Like if you say, hey, does this dress look good on me? They might be like, no, make sure your ass look big. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a shitty thing to say. But they're yeah. not sitting there thinking of ways to manipulate you at a deeper level to keep you, like we said, off balance and to keep you unsure of yourself and to keep the control in their court. And it's it's a hundred percent okay to say I I divorced someone because they were a shitty person or oh, yeah. we didn't get along or he was an asshole, whatever. Right, it's a hundred percent okay to I think in the divorce community out there, especially on social media, we need to be very careful to just say, Hey, I'm a divorcee. And it, you know, it didn't work. We grew apart or I was married to a shitty person, but you, you have to be careful putting that label of narcissist on a, just a shitty person because it's, it's watering it down and it's actually changing what people are looking for in a narcissist. And you have to be very, very careful about what you're looking for. We need to make sure that those traits are not watered down. So you don't end up with a narcissist because it is very hard to get out because of the fact that you lose yourself in that relationship. Right. And, and it happens not to use the word again, but it's just the perfect word for it. It does happen so insidiously that you don't notice it until you're partially gone or all the way gone. The person right. that you were has disappeared. And, and those red flags need to be out there for people to understand so that they see them more rapidly. But like you were saying, if it gets watered down, then it, you know, people might stay longer than they need to thinking it's not going to be that bad. Let's be honest. At- an asshole can change. I've been in relationships with asshole and I've seen um, assholes like truly shitty people. I've seen instances where they've loved the person enough where they're like, you know what? You're right. And they go to therapy. They maybe go to couples therapy, or maybe they just put the work in themselves to where they're like, I want to break those generational tra- you know, uh, traits that are so right. harmful that, you know, I, I want to be a better person. That possibility is there. And we've seen that. Oh, yeah and, yeah. and it may, they may not be willing to do it for you. How many times have we seen, you know, somebody, I, I've seen people in my family where they're married to an asshole and you think, God, that person's a really awful person. And they get divorced and you're like, I'm so glad you divorced that person. And then they marry someone else and they have a beautiful marriage. Right. Right. And they're they're not an asshole. And it, it, and that has nothing to do with the their first husband or wife being nothing to do with who they are. Like, oh, he couldn't change for me, but he could change for her. Maybe that you just weren't their person. You right. know what I mean? Maybe right. it just wasn't a good fit. That's different than uh, first of all, a, a narcissist, unless they just want to, they're not gonna leave you because they're not gonna let go of that fucking control. Oh no, no, no. I you are gonna have to get you're going to have to get yourself out of that situation because a narcissist is not one to break it off because they're going to have to start all over again grooming the right. next person. Oh yeah, and they've spent so much time getting you exactly broken down and in backed into the corner where they have you tied up in that yep. perfect little package 
And yeah, they, no, they not only will not leave you, but they will lose their shit when you try to leave them because the thought of them losing control is not something they can fathom. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I, it's like you said, we definitely don't want those very clear red flags and, you know, we can, in, in the future, I know throughout the, our podcast, we've talked about on many episodes, certain red flags that are linked to narcissism, but mm-hmm. maybe we do, maybe we do a episode in the future where we talk about specific narcissistic red flags to look out for, because those need to be so clear and, and so prominent whenever that's what we're looking, those red flags are what we're looking for and not right. watered down, um, that we, we don't get ourselves in positions like that because on the flip side, if, if we've watered it down and we think, Oh, he's, you know, just an asshole, then there are, you know, there are traits that we might miss that we shouldn't be in that situation right? because we've watered down narcissistic traits so much that we think he's just, you know, he's a shitty person. Yeah. But we're going to go to therapy and he can change and blah, 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 blah. blah. He says he loves me. He'll do it for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Especially at the beginning of a relationship because narcissists are infamous for love bombing and they will flowers and love notes and they will treat you better than anyone has ever treated you before because they know exactly what they're doing. So it's very dangerous, especially at the beginning before they have that control over you to see those red flags because they seem like it's such a a rush, you know, they seem like the perfect person and they know all the right things to say and all the right things to do. And, and you just get enamored so quickly. And that's when it gets dangerous to miss those red flags because, you know, you've got the hearts in your eyes and you're like, Oh my gosh, nobody's ever treated me this wonderfully before. And then the red flags start seeping in and you can very easily miss them. Um, I didn't have it with my ex, but again, we talked about the different levels of, of narcissism, but Mm -hmm. I, I have seen in others, I have seen where that, that love bombing has taken place. And I've, I've seen it, you know, and experienced it with, uh, well, for instance, in your relationship, like we were all friends and I Mm -hmm. thought y'all were madly, madly in love and just like a picture perfect couple. I, I was so shocked when I found out that that wasn't the case. And even my kids were like, what? Like my kids even, thought that y'all were that picture perfect couple. Cause we had other couples in the friend group that were like, clearly they're having marital problems. Right. Clearly right. they're having, you know, but I thought y'all were just like madly in love and just sweet and wonderful. And you know, the way that y'all interacted with each other, because that's what he put out to the rest of us. Oh, because verbally and emotionally abusive narcissists are, actors and fabulous at charming the hell out of everybody around them. So, Mm -hmm. so I think it was a shock to everybody. There was a handful of people that saw him lose his shit over the years and they weren't surprised, but very, very few because he was very good at keeping it behind closed doors. And, and that's part of what makes a narcissist so dangerous is they are very capable of turning it on and off when there's an audience we talked about how they will never apologize until they need to, but they do it to manipulate. 
They do it right. with a purpose. They don't do it because they feel those emotions. Right. They're not right. sorry. They do it. No, 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 no. And, and I can say that with conviction. They're not oh, sorry. Yeah. They, no. they say they're, they say they apologize for one goal only. And that is to get you off balance again, because you got, you got a little too far out there. Yeah. You enjoyed your, your time away from me a little bit. We can't and, have that. Yeah. 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 And I don't started, know. You started figuring shit out and we gotta, we gotta fix that. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if, if you ever fell into this trap, but one of the most dangerous cycles I got into over probably, I would say three fourths of my marriage until I finally got smart enough to stop was, uh, was during those love bombing times. I, I fell for it. I was just sure that, okay, he's sorry. And, and I mean, look at the look on his face. He's obviously regretful. And so I would tell him, in those moments, you know, when we're finally making up after it was so ugly. And I would say, you know, I don't, I don't mind if you get mad at me, but don't make fun of me when I cry. Like, I hate that. Like I set him up with exactly the behaviors that he needed to get under my skin. And I know I've talked about this in several, several episodes. Also, I would tell him, don't call me a bitch. I hate it. When you call me a bitch, you can't be my husband and say that you love me and then turn around and call me a stupid bitch. So of course, what does he do the next time that he gets angry? He makes fun of me crying and he calls me a stupid bitch. Cause those are the exact things that I set him up for. Yeah. I told him this is yeah. what hurts me the most. And so he used it. And that yeah. is a true narcissist. They don't give yeah. a fuck about anyone else's emotions. Whereas generally, <laughs> Not always, but generally a lot of these like rough, tough, asshole, male or female types have a soft side underneath. You just got to kind of get them to let their guard down. You know, how many, how many of those types of people do we know where people are like, oh yeah, but he's really a teddy bear, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like he's, he's gruff and yeah, he's, he's an asshole, but honest to God, he's a teddy bear. Right. Because they have emotions. Yes. And yeah. empathy and they can reason and they do feel bad when they lose their shit. We really have to be careful in the divorce community um, on social media, not to, not to blur that line. We've got to stop this trend of labeling everything, every single thing that went wrong in everyone's marriage wasn't narcissism. I'm right. sorry. It wasn't. Right. And hashtag living with a narcissist. If, if you're using that hashtag you need to make damn sure that that's exactly what right. you were going through so that all that information you're putting out there is legit and real. Right. And it, it is linked to true trauma and experiences and healing and surviving uh, a narcissist. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we don't need it to be trendy. We need it no. to, uh, we need it to be real so that the right information is being put out there so that, like you said, so that those blurred lines don't exist so that people can say, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I'm dealing with instead of like, oh, well, maybe, maybe, maybe that's what I don't know. You know, it it just gets confusing for those people who are just now figuring out what they're dealing with, you know, having that moment that all of us who have been with the narcissist have had where we're like, holy shit, I'm not crazy. There is something wrong here, you know, and and we need to keep that information clear out there for the people who 
who are just discovering that. Yeah, I I fully agree with that. It 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 might make people mad um, for us to you know say that, but it might make you know everyone in our community on social media upset that you know we're kind of well I'm gonna say it we're kind of calling them out, but the more that I dive into, I'll, you know, I would see hashtag living with a narcissist or, you know, surviving a narcissist. And I would get into those hashtags and I would see account after account after account that as someone who's dealt with it before, I I can see the difference. Oh yeah. I know. I I know almost by your second post, whether or not you truly, truly dealt with the narcissist or not, or whether you're just wanting to be trendy and, and you're jumping on the trend and you're getting, you know, gaining followers from it. Right. And if that's what you're doing, that's not okay. It's not okay. As someone, as, as two women who have, have dealt with it and have, you know, some pretty like, you know, my stepdad, who the, the scary dad that I've, I've spoken of, Mm -hmm. he was, he was like a lot like your husband where top line 10 out of 10 narcissists. Like he was, wow. he was it. And if, if I had to endure that growing up, you don't get to use my trauma and I'll speak only for myself, but you don't get to use my trauma as your trend. I'm right. sorry, but you don't No, no, no. I'm going to call your ass agree. out on it. I fully agree. And I think luckily the, the majority of the divorce community that you and I have purposefully involved ourselves with it definitely understands the difference, but yes. I, I do see other people on the fringe of, of our social media posts that, uh, that are messing it up. And, and that's definitely not fair for, for the people who need to get out because we all know yeah. how fast it can turn dangerous and physical. And, and even if it's not physical, you just, you need to get out period. I, I was going to say, even if it's not physical, emotional and verbal um, trauma, that kills you slowly. Like, I mean, how many times have we read, you know, where highly stressful people and all of that are more linked to heart conditions and more linked to cancer and more linked to, you know, their, their risk, they're at higher risk for those mm-hmm. things. Well, so yeah, even, okay. You would say, well, he's never hit me. Well, how is your, you know, true health yeah. measured right now right. in a verbally and mentally abusive relationship? You know, right. it, it's still just as dangerous to your health. Absolutely. As, yeah. You're in a heightened sense of alertness all the time, all the time, trying yeah. not to trigger an episode out of the person that you're with and that I well you know how many times I was sick while I was married I was in and out of the hospital I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia I I was sick all the time and I'm all the time yeah I'm 100% sure that that is directly related to the heightened stress level that I had oh yeah I mean the the medical world links high stress situations to poor health constantly. Mm -hmm. You have to be in the type of frame of mind where you value and constantly evaluate your quality of life. And if you're not doing that, then 
you know, like you said, you could end up in a in a constant state of sickness where everything that comes through your immune system is broken down. Stress wreaks havoc on your havoc on your body. Right, you but it's not. It's, yeah, it is not healthy. It's not a healthy yeah. relationship if you're constantly in that sort of heightened stressful level. You have to find a way to get out. You have to get to the point where you can get out, where you mm-hmm. start actually planning. And understanding that in order to save yourself and or your kids, you have to get out. Yeah, for sure. And it sucks and and it's going to hurt. And I'm not going to bullshit you. I'm not going to, we're not going to sit here and say, you know, yeah, you got to get out and you go girl. Cause it's going to be easy. No, it's, it, it's, we're not going to lie to you. It's, it's not, but have we done it? Yes. And are there resources out there and tools out there and other people's stories out there that you can glean little pieces of and put together your own story? Yes. Yes. And was it the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life? Also, yes. Yes. Yeah. And (laughs) I've buried both my parents. Yeah. Yeah. The hardest thing I've ever done. Um, And if this is, if this is, uh, resonating with anyone right now. I, I highly suggest if you haven't read it yet, I, and I put it on our story, I'll put it on again. Um, the book, The Verbally Abusive Relationship by Patricia Evans is fabulous, but it has a whole, it's been years since I read it. So I think a whole chapter or at least part of a chapter where it discusses how to get out and steps that you can take before you announce that you're getting out, because we all know it can be volatile and dangerous to leave a situation like that. So I highly yes. recommend that if, uh, if this is sounding way too familiar to anybody. Yeah. Not every divorce it and, and leaving a situation is, oh, well, I just left and, you know, I filed yeah. for divorce. Sometimes it it's calculated. My mom, for instance, literally escaped my stepdad um, in the middle of the night. And we, it was rough watching my mother go through that and experiencing it as a child. So we definitely understand that it's not always easy. It's not always easy as well. I left and I filed for divorce. Sometimes right. it, it takes planning. Sometimes it takes forethought. Sometimes it takes, you know, this is what I am going to put in place to even do next year. Like, uh-huh. but the point is, is that you, you have to start, if you're in that situation to save yourself, you have to start at least taking those steps, you, you know, putting right. that plan in place when you are ready to take that step and actually do it, you've got everything in place to make it just a little bit easier because it right. isn't going to be easy, but is it survivable? 100%. It's not impossible. No, no, not at all. Not at all. But it does go full circle back to our point that that's another reason why it's so important for correct information to be out there. Because Mm -hmm. so many people will go to social media posts before they go anywhere else. So if you're just scrolling through social media and you start reading things and it starts making you think about things in your own marriage, it's important that the right information be out there for those people. Yeah, 100%. I yeah. agree with that. And I think that is a good um, stopping point also. I would so, agree. Okay, so we will, that was episode 19, and we will, we're gearing up for the big episode 20, 
<laughs> yeah, we got to find something really fun to do. We have, honestly, yeah. with the holidays and all of that, we haven't even planned it yet. So I can't tell you we have something definite planned, but I can tell you that it will be something fun. Oh, it will be fun. It will be lighthearted. And when we say lighthearted, it will actually be <laughs> Hey, we got through this episode without crying. I'm so proud of That's us. That's true. That's true. It wasn't lighthearted at all, but uh, but at least no, neither of us ended up in it. tears. Yeah. I yeah know, so that's so good. I'm proud of us. Yeah. So we will make sure to uh to hopefully be uh no uh, no tears and all fun episode 20. Of course it will always be um, something that we can also take something from, you know, the, there'll course. be some information and some, some good discussions in there as well. So. Of course, but there'll also be a couple of shots of fireballs. So vinyl will be slurring her words by, uh, <laughs> by, <laughs> by the halfway point. <laughs> I hate those edits because <laughs> those edits are like, okay, this was a two hour recording and we can use 45 minutes. <laughs> I love or, that, or not the whole episode. <laughs> the edits are a pain in the ass, but I do love listening to them. They make me laugh so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm super, I'm super excited for episode 20. Yeah, me too. Can't wait. All right. Well, y'all have a good rest of your week and weekend, and we will see you soon. Definitely. Bye. <laughs>